Welcome back. It has been ages. Um, we're really glad to be back. So um, I'm I'm hope- hosting this one. I'm Bradley. <laughs> I'm Randy. That was confusing. And I'm Bryce. Yeah, it has been a minute. It's been, know, it's since been so long. Halloween. I was episode. I was so lost. Who was talking? I was. It was so long without an introduction. <laughs> who, who is this? No, I was just. Really who is it? Who is this person? I'm just excited to be back. Yeah. Same. Very. I mean, it was literally only two weeks, but it felt like a lifetime. Feels long like. Yeah, it, it felt like a lifetime. Definitely felt like forever, man. It I've had like no the... really good podcasts to listen to. Mm-hmm. I'm a changed <laughs> man since the last time we recorded. I have fully yeah. changed, become a totally different human being. We're back and better than ever. Ready to. Yeah. Jump different in. than ever okay well you know <laughs> speak for yourself but i'm i'm better for this okay yeah, i'm <laughs> glad glad someone made progress in the two weeks off um well let's go ahead and jump in because oh boy do we have a lot to cover oh good boy. um you know oh, i was yeah. like w- within that two weeks i was just thinking of like mm-hmm. what would be a good comeback and i was like man we've done star wars we've done like the Cthulian mythos, like what's 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 another like heavy hitter that we can Sounds do? Sounds like there's nothing else to cover. There's We've got it all. Right? That's you it. think, but then mm-hmm. I was like, "What about Warhammer?" Never, so, never heard of it. What is this? That's that's just a um an implement of war. Mm-hmm. It is. What's so special yes. about that? <laughs> I've heard it's a very small niche community with very little lore behind it. Yeah, almost no lore. It's um. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe like five people play the game. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Bryce and Randy, what do you what do you know about Warhammer? Um, mm. I, yeah. What 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 do you know, Randy? Tell us. I was so hoping you were gonna go first because mine. <laughs> no, is you're not getting out this one. Literally nothing. I know. Okay, here's the extent of what I know. The name Warhammer. That there's giant space marines who freaking beat the crap out of everyone they're like master chief on roids and there's people with possibly psychic powers and i've seen an animated video like not animated like like a like a cgi video on youtube that was very cool of these space marines getting sucked into like a ball and then being teleported into like hell and that's all i know yep that's literally The extent of my Warhammer knowledge. If you haven't seen that video, that's probably very confusing. But yeah, but that it's is a very cool video. Very badass. Yeah, but uh, I have no idea what it means. Um, I don't think anybody super knows exactly what that video is about, but it's super Good. cool and just is kind of like diving in the universe. But I don't know. I guess I don't know too much more than you do, Randy. Like I, I've listened. I just, to... want, I just want everyone to know that before the episode started, he was. Naming every single uh, chaos. Yeah, god. seriously. I had, to go to the, I had to go to the Wikipedia for the last one. Okay? I literally, so. literally don't even know that what the chaos gods are or what they mean. Like nothing. I mean, let I me didn't continue. even know they were a thing. Let me continue. So you know, I've listened to uh, several hours, hours of a uh, Warhammer like lore podcast, and man, mm. if a uh, like. Media form ever has Bible sized lore, it probably is Warhammer. Oh, I think they yeah. literally have like Bible volumes of lore, Easily. so it's yeah. super in depth. But I would say I have maybe like an entry level understanding, like I know, like kind of about like how the uh, the Imperium of Man is and like the Chaos Gods, and a little bit about the warp, like the finery details. I'm not too super in tune with you know so if you're like a warhammer lore master please forgive me you know please forgive me too um because don't forgive me because i don't know anything none of those words sounded real (laughs) by randy but bryce and i are both lay it on me give it to me i'd say previous to this like doing this one singular tiny portion of the podcast um i have like played the uh total war warhammer games which are kind much more like much different from the like the books and stuff because it takes Mm -hmm. place like a a weird like in between sci-fi and like medieval fantasy because weird like it's it's a weird but it's a fun game kind of like not 
not really the same, but kind of like steampunk, where it's like they have modern technology, but like using it in archaic ways, kind of thing. Kind of, yeah. It's more like magical than like mechanical, but yeah. Okay, yeah. but yeah, but like the similar mindset. Because cool. in like in like the books and stuff, it's very much like space travel exploration, mm-hmm. going to different planets. In the in the war, the Total War version, it's just like one. It's kind of it's just kind of weird, like that all of these species or races are living on one planet. Yeah, it's a cluttered planet. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's like the difference of like Warhammer itself and 40k, Mm -hmm. which 40k is like way more sci-fi, whereas Warhammer itself is like medieval kind of high fantasy. I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Warhammer 40k it takes place in like the 40th. The forty first millennium. millennium. That yeah. explains so much why there's so, like because I didn't even realize it until just now that like the the Vermintide games, which I've heard mm-hmm. of and played some of, is in the same universe, but, but then it's you're not like, the forty K version because you know? yeah, yeah, it makes <laughs> exactly. sense. It's like way in the past, like forty thousand years before. Yep. <laughs> I yes. get it now. I'm that, that tripped me up for the sense. longest time until somebody explained it to me. So I'm yeah. right there with you. Yeah, because like forty k is where most of the lore is. Gotcha. Um, and then once you get into like the more like just just normal Warhammer, I don't know if they're working more on it or it's just kind of like a way for them to make more in different games. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not too sure on that either. But um, what but are we going to be we'll, focusing we'll, on? Today? Yeah, we're we're going to be focusing on one of my favorite races, the uh, Tyranids. Oh heck yeah! Okay. Some nids, um, because man. they are <laughs> yeah. horrifying, um, and we we actually have kind of talked about them or talked about a similar esque creature within another universe. We talked about the flood. Um, oh, I love the flood. I thought this might be an, a good introductory to the Warhammer universe since we kind of can already understand a uh, hive mind based. Uh, society interesting mm-hmm. and just taking it into the 40k um a little bit more about just like warhammer in general though um because it's not just like humans and and uh, more humans um <laughs> it's basically like yeah. you mentioned the 40k means like the 40th uh, millennium um so it's very far in the future basically uh humankind is starting to expand into the galaxy um we have like um people on mars that are all like really crazy techie and they're really cool we have we've been introduced to like this elven like race tons of monsters like there's like orcs and stuff that that their their uh armies are called like wargs or something they got the wog man the wog yeah (laughs) the wog I yeah. thought it was the WAP. I'm so confused. <laughs> mm, that's something pretty different. But oh. um, um, but then the 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 coolest would be the Tyranids. <laughs> they um didn't start in this side of the the universe. They are a uh, ever expanding empire of just horror. Um, Dope. So Warhammer, you can get lore from like board games, you can get it in video games, you can get it in books, which is mostly where we're gonna be drawing from with the Tyranids. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think just in general, like kind of the universe of like 40k is that it is the grim dark of the future, you know? Like it's a very gritty, very This is visceral. the darkest timeline. Basically, like nothing there like pretty much no faction in 40k is like the good guys you know like everybody everybody and everything just kind of sucks like the more you dig into it the more you're like wow the less i want to even exist in a time like this Mm -hmm. as is common with war nobody's the good guys everyone's done terrible things It, it sucks for everybody but i mean and i think like tyranids are like one of those things that's like we ventured out into space and found something just absolutely horrifying nice or they found us you know yep (laughs) kind of of a a, a both kind of a mix of both because they would have found us no matter what Mm. so tyranids are often 
uh, also given the name The Great Devourer. Um, and that's because Delicious. they just devour. Seriously. Way. Um, nice. so they're considered a extra galactic alien race, which just means outside of the Milky Way. Makes sense. Whose sole purpose is the consumption of all forms of genetic and biological material in order to evolve and reproduce. Um, Tyranid uh, technology is based entirely on biological engineering. Every function is carried out by living engineered creatures, each of which is collectively, which collectively forms the hive fleet directed by a hive mind. Um, and which I find is just absolutely fascinating that like everything, their weapons, their armor, their ships, their literally entire society is biological. That's yeah. weird having to like grow a weapon. <laughs> I mean, but it's kind of insane is that like you were talking about before, Randy, is that in this like far future, humanity has like super soldiers that have like these uh-huh. ridiculous weapons and like ships and like tanks yep. and like mech looking things and stuff like that. And so I guess there's just this like biological life form that's like, yeah, we can evolve and take that on. We can do that all by ourselves. This. Which, like, that makes sense, kind of, though, being, like, for a ever-expanding, like, or aggressively expanding, warmongering civilization, it makes sense to be able to have, like, that kind of ability to grow their own weapons and, like, evolve to be able to take on different problems, because at this point, they're spreading out so fast, taking on so many different threats, that they kind of need to be able to respond very quickly to each new threat as they come across it in the universe rather than having to like send back problems to R and D and get problems solved after a long time. That's good. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely makes them effective at what their mm-hmm. purpose is to do. <laughs> Explains why they're able to do what they do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're seen as obviously one of the greatest threats, threats to the entire galaxy. This is kind of one of those threats that, Oh yeah. The orcs and the humans might be fighting. But when the Tyranids are involved, it's kind of like, like we can pause our our battle really quick, so we don't mm-hmm. die. Um, they on, uh, seek to only to consume all organic life and cannot be reasoned with or deterred in this this overarching goal. Um, we're still for the galaxy. Thus, um, the, what what we've encountered so far, the fleets and the the horror and the destruction that they've like that we've the humankind and everything has faced thus far has only been like scouting parties, just mere tiny fraction of what the entire empire is. And basically we have all of these people that are like, man, we have to, we have to work together to try to solve this and everything. And it's just like, what do we do? Because this is just a tiny little, like if you've seen, what's it? Pacific Rim kind of reminds me of that. Uh, Yeah. Like that's like their probing force. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of like the crazy thing is like I know, I don't know, like I I feel like I remember hearing some theories that are like, every like every other galaxy has already been devoured, and so Jeez. like, you know, we're the last ones, and this is just them beginning to kind of like enter into the galaxy, and like if you could see the entire force outside of the galaxy, it would just be like, so hopeless. This just probably because of the nature of being a hive mind. This does also remind me a little bit of the hive from uh, Destiny in that, like, they're in the same position of ad- aggressively evolving, but also possibly this being the last place they've ever conquered. Like, they've conquered every bar- everywhere else in the entire universe, and now they've right. gotten here. And it's just like anytime they show up, everybody else, even if they're normally enemies, are like, all right, well, I guess we're friends now until we take care of these guys and then we'll go back to killing each other. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a it's it's a very common thread because like although I don't know if there's necessarily a whole ton other than just the surface level that connects these two uh races, it's just an interesting through thread of like these war concrete like the, these galaxy destroying civilizations in sci-fi that it was like completely solely built to wage war and it's like these things are terrifying creatures like if they do exist oh man we (laughs) 
are doomed. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's like like even though we have a ton of technology now, knowing that we don't have the technology to find these things probably kind of relieving. Even if they do exist, I'm just kind of like I'm okay not knowing. Just, right. just in case. Like, let me just live my ignorant little life. Yeah. Seriously. It's like one of those things in which like sometimes you hear about like scientists like trying to contact like yeah, you're send just, like, out chill. radio waves chill. or like yeah Seriously. or like signals or whatever and you're like, you know, maybe it's better maybe if we're just kind of kind of huddle in our dark corner of the universe mm-hmm. and see what happens right. you know with yeah. everything around us first i don't want to <laughs> find out that we are not the greatest things in the universe because i doubt we are <laughs> right and uh it, you know if humanity thinks they're the greatest then you know we get the tyranids over here mm. being just a massive empire of hive mind that um we can liken them for those of you you that might not know like hive mind and about like like the idea behind that kind of thing is basically just imagine like you know those really cool like videos of like those thousands hundreds of thousands of birds in the sky just like moving it looks oh, like yeah. literal waves that's exactly what people have said about the tyranids just being this just never ending wave of just basically being able to move as one like you know like ants that can make right. structures and stuff that kind of thing where they're just just like that right consuming everything in their path feeding on entire worlds just feeding on every single organic thing leaving planets basically just Oof. dead husks that's uh, so crazy <laughs> that's rough and later on in the episode i'll actually go over the their basically strategy to being able to do this and it's just horrifying just how efficient they are. I'm so well, excited. From what and, uh, you've kind of explained already, it sounds like they literally eat everything, which is kind of unique, I guess, among like like an assimilating race. You know, it's not like they just take like the people or the animals or whatever. They sounds like they take everything. They well, eat the rocks and as all the <laughs> as I go, I'll go over a little bit. But basically, I mean their entire society is organic, right? Or an organic based society that keeps expanding, keeps growing. So they need to be able to su- supply that somehow and to continue to grow that they just need to be continuously collecting that. And it so it can't be picky. Thrive. <laughs> so if they actually were to ever complete their mission, they're going to die, which I think is very similar to the flood, right? Yeah. Um, when everything is this one creature that requires a constant source of food to survive once everything's been assimilated there's not really anything to keep them going so yeah that's i guess you turn on each other then at that point and see how long that lasts Uh uh-huh hope that you can do that anyway so if we if we had the tyranids attack earth right this second their threat is such a opposing thing that an unprotected planet, obviously, our tech, current technology would would obviously make us unprotected. Uh-huh. We could be infested and stripped clean of all of its organic material within a matter of solar weeks. Um, and they oh, man. That, that wouldn't even slow down their advance of the fleet. It would. It, Jesus. It, they would just. It would just like oh, let's mow this lawn real quick. Yeah. Just get steamrolled real quick, yeah. man. <laughs> Let me just eat this planet, you know, I'll catch up with you guys in like half a second. Right. And um thanks Randy on your your beautiful introduction of how all that you knew of Warhammer because the Tyranids are an organism of synaptic or psychically reactive beings. Yo. Um, you're correct in that the Warhammer 40k universe is very much a psychic based place. Nailed it. To travel in in space, you need psychics to yeah. you know the the elves that I was mentioning, they their entire society is very much using that their magic constantly to to create things. So huh. um, the Tyranids are no different, but they just use their psychic ability to do to be a a very effic- efficient hive mind. Huh. Yeah, not uh, the race that I was talking about that I uh, knew of using psychic abilities, but cool. Yeah. I didn't realize there was more than one. I thought there was just the one psychic people. Nope. It's um, it's because the, the Imperium of Man 
use psychics as well, train them oh. vigorously so that they can travel through space safely. Um, There's yeah. human psychics? Yeah, because oh. uh, as Bryce mentioned, the warp, basically that's the way that people have been able to achieve uh, faster than light travel. And it's very dangerous because within the warp, that's where you get chaos. That's where you get the chaos gods and demons and uh, all sorts of nasty things. Yeah, interesting. It's 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 very deep. We could, I mean, like Bryce said, there's there's entire podcasts dedicated to this. So we're we're not oh, yeah. getting, we're not getting that deep today. <laughs> um, but so each tyranid creature within a fleet is um shares and contributes all of its knowledge what it learns to a communal hive mind which is able to then transmit to other hive mind fleets and then just is able to encompass everything and what's really cool is not only do they consume all of the organic material on the planets that they <laughs> get they are getting all of the knowledge of the humans that they're killing they're getting all of the knowledge of the different trees and just i like things that are organic what did the trees know tell me <laughs> i speak for the trees <laughs> let's say there's like some like random bug that happens to have like a super strong shell or something they then can learn that and then use that knowledge and send it back to to their higher-ups that can then start using that new knowledge to make their own people stronger it's so not not just through like learning as in, like the normal way of like reading a book, they can just they can learn things just through like assimilation of eating a creature. Like, so do they gain the knowledge of a person by eating that person, uh, or are you just talking like, like evolutionary? Um, no, I'm pretty knowledge. sure that they would learn they're not like. They That's would crazy. Like... Maybe That's so they busted. Knew how to make like bio guns, you know? Seriously, yeah. They just have to eat a scientist, and then they're like, "Cool, now I know that how to make a grenade launcher." That's yeah. No, they busted. they are. They are ridiculous, and that's why they're so threatening. Because even yeah. if one fleet loses, if they were as long as they were able to do enough, you know, they're still learning and getting better at what they're. Mm -hmm. doing. Um, yeah, so they've evolved very sophisticated method methods for uh, facilitating uh, genetic transfer across species boundaries. As a result, a significant goal of any uh, Tyranid invasion is acquisition of useful new biological traits from other life forms. Um, so like, I mean, they already had it, but like, let's say for example, they were able to kill like a bird or something mm -hmm. that would help them then be able to start producing things with wings and and just continue right. to evolve and become like literally the apex predator. Um, Crazy. These are used by hive minds to enhance their effectiveness in consuming new worlds to gain uh, organic raw materials for reproduction and dedicated evolution. Um, basically, or and and then and all that information is transferred back. Each uh fleet has what's called a um Norn Queen, which is how um any kind of Tyranid is pre is produced. It's just like the the this Queen Tyranid. Um, gotcha. Just like Ooh. in like a beehive or whatever, within the fleet, it's gonna be in the most protected area. Makes sense. You know, because if if that if it dies, then that fleet is going to be completely lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so basically, all the information is transferred back to her, and then she's able to use all of that information, all of the stuff that they're gaining, to then keep reproducing. So, um, if we're going with like the bird analogy, in which like a particular fleet learned how to maybe make things with wings, but then you annihilated like every tyrannid in that fleet, are they able to like? communicate interfleetly oh yeah so or... it's not each each hive fleet is still connected to the hive mind oh okay so you can't just oh, like wow. wipe every, out a whole fleet and... no every single hive fleet is all yeah all connected there the so yeah that's why the scout the, these hive fleets that we know of are just scouting parties and so the big armada or whatever that's you know slowly coming is learning right. all of that information nice Dude, that's insane that sounds absolutely unstoppable uh-huh yeah no for sure um but even though these things are still scouting parties they have a fairly good chance of just winning by themselves 
um, because of just how massive they are compared to what humans have in general. Um, I think there was a quote somewhere just talking about how there was some guy like wanting to prepare. I think he was like mm-hmm. higher up in the Imperium of Man. He was like, we need to increase our military by like 500%, which is just absolutely ridiculous for how big it already was. That right. it would have had him transcript every single man, woman, and child to be in the military. Oof. And he was just like, we have to do this or we're just going to die. Or we don't have a chance. Even then, it sounds like I mean, even then, you're yeah. still in a pretty dire situation. <laughs> That's crazy. So before we get too much into what they are, just some fun, just some fun history about Super them. Super fun, just lighthearted <laughs> history. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Um, something that I really like about Warhammer, I guess, before we start the, with the history, is that the the writers and the owners of the the lore have come out and said that all of this information, especially about history, is we we kind of use it in the same inst- way that like actual earth history is sometimes viewed as more of like legends and things that could easily be wrong and that allows right. them the freedom of changing their lore every once in a while mm-hmm. because it's also an ever evolving universe so right right with that they haven't come out and given an exact origin of the tyranids they've just kind of given cool tidbits of like makes sense this one guy a thousand years ago said this about them kind of thing which i find very very fun um but so in within that we don't know the exact origins of the tyranids except for that they are not part of our galaxy that they've only recently arrived and they've been traveling for countless millennia um in the intergalactic void just consuming everything um we don't know which galaxy that they originated from or for how long that they have been on this rampage of organic genocide i suppose um but it is believed that the creation of the astronomicon that it's drawing the tyranid fleets to our galaxy uh reverse reverse astronomicon yeah i was about to say can i get a bit of a reminder on that (laughs) yes so that was created by the emperor of the Imperium of man um, basically to have humanity be able to travel through the warp. I'm also like, I don't know everything about it, but it's, it's basically a device that allows travel through the warp. I, I think it was like uh, the emperor of man is, or like the God emperor is a whole thing in and of himself. Oh my gosh, that's... Of course he is. Yeah. And, uh, I think as far as I can remember from the lore is that like the Astronomicon. Yeah, so it's a psychic like, beacon located on Terra, which is Earth. Um, yeah, it was kind of like his like, pet used. project. Yeah, it was. It, it was, was. Yeah. Um, so for for Randy and everyone else, Please. the reason why he's such a big topic is because he's been alive for thousands and thousands of years and created everything and is just a and and he's super surrounded in mystery like nobody knows like a lot of specifics and they're sure that he's actually human oh humans nowadays live for can live for thousands of years like this oh human human lifespan has gone like up like dramatically Uh, yeah due to like gotcha uh, okay yeah, yeah, but I mean, he I he say. has been alive longer than anyone else. Sure, sure. But, but I was gonna say, like, if normal human lifespan is like a hundred years still, and this man's lived millennia, like, are we sure he's human? But <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, there's I mean, wild like, still different theories about him and stuff like that. But yeah, there's oh my gosh, yeah. So he he's a whole another can of worms that we don't need to, of course, to get into. Um, but yeah, so the Tyranids, um have been drawn to our galaxy probably because of that. Um, and that's obviously not the, like their real name. That is a title given to them by right. the Imperium. Um, yeah, I want to know it, what they call themselves. It was named after the first planet that they encountered within our galaxy called uh, Turan. Oh, okay. Um, and then it is possible that they've been preying on other galaxies since pretty much the beginning of time. Who knows? I mean however they started but like 
with how advanced that they are, obviously that mm-hmm. they've been doing this for a while. Um, according to some sources, that they've consumed over one thousand galaxies and are responsible for the annihilation of a million or of millions of intelligent species, Ooh. which is horrifying. So obviously, there's other sorts like a ton of wars that we could get into. There's um, like the War of Ball. There's the um, War of eighteen twelve. War. Um, there's there's just a lot of wars, but we're gonna focus on just this one little one. Um, the Imperium's first contact with or official contact with the Tyranid race was seven hundred and forty-one years within into the forty-first millennium. Wow. Um, when the Hive Fleet. Uh, known as Behemoth, what, what a name! Right, um, invaded the eastern fringe and annihilated the planet Tyran. However, um, reexamination of imperial records has actually led speculation that um, the Tyranids have been invading or at least probing our galaxy for a lot longer. Um, apparently, records huh. kept by um, Ordo Xenos. He's a basically part of like the the Inquisition, um, mm-hmm. Inquisition team, specifically for finding out information and finding out ways to beat uh, alien races, mm-hmm. um, suggests that contact with the Tyranid bi- bioforms uh, dates back to the 35th millennium. Even more nice. remarkable, um, apparently in 937 years into the 41st millennium, a bioship was discovered beneath the surface of a another world that dated to millennium 34 see these guys hmm. go back to like so, go back very thousands far. of years at least in our galaxy yeah. and so the reason i spe- specified that the high the first high fleet was behemoth i wanted to just mention a few of the the main fleets that we run into because I just think it's pretty cool for our podcast. So the Tyranid forces are broken up into huge high fleets, which appear to be moving independently of, e- of each other. Um, there actually have been cases of high fleets, high fleets attacking each other, but I don't, I don't know too much about that. Um, so some of the major high fleets are um, Ouroboros, which not what I'm talking about, but we have the high fleet Behemoth, the Naga, the Gorgon, the Kraken, the Jormungandr, the Leviathan, the Hydra, and the Kronos. Nice. All have such cool names. All have cool cool names, and we've actually covered the creature that they're named after. A A couple couple of those, yeah. Yeah. Most Um, of them, yeah. So, just in the notes for you guys, but you can look them up as well, anyone listening. Um, It talks about, like, when within the lore that they have found, like, run into these fleets. But I just thought they're cool names. Very. So let's let's talk about these Tyranids. Just how fun they are biologically. <laughs> Let us. They they are terrifying. The more and more you I get imagine, into there's them, all sorts of wonderful, goopy, and plated things. Just maybe a few. Yeah. Um, the Tyranid forces are constantly changing and evolving at unnatural speeds. It's unlikely that all types of Tyranids have been seen. Um, and it's probably even less likely that we'll ever see all the types of um, Tyranids that there are. Um, but there are a few traits that are, are fairly identical with almost all Tyranids. Um, that would be their uh, chitinous armor, their hexapetal, which six-leg anatomy, and multiple redundant organs, which make them incredibly difficult to kill. Um, mm. We'll talk about it in a little bit, but like for example... They can have multiple hearts, multiple brains, just in case one of them is damaged, the other one can then take its place. And these guys are efficient. Yes. Or maybe <laughs> not efficient, they're just built tough, I guess. Overly yeah. cautious. Overly engineered, maybe. Yeah, overly <laughs> yeah, that's a good way for it. Um, every weapon and projectile used by the high fleets is a living organism within itself grown. From the reconstituted biomatter from previous invasions, the Tyranids have no form of mechanical technology and instead harness the advanced form of biotechnology, which also is super cool. It kind of made me think of Game of Thrones when, like, he the the, the ice ice king, whoever whatever it was called, like mm-hmm. they killed all those people, and then the guys that like like the zombies that died of his and then he's raised them all if you remember that when they're up in north yeah yeah right. uh, yeah kind of the same thing because like 
even after this war, that's as long as the Tyranids win, they can just keep reusing the biomatter that they already have, and then right. also gain also gain more. So as long as they keep winning, which thus far they've you know been doing that, they just keep growing no matter what. Yeah, any enemy that you kill can just, or any enemy that they kill, I mean, can just be is going to be used eaten somehow and brought yeah. back as a different new version of them. Mm-hmm. So as long um, as like the last one standing on the battlefield is a Tyranid, then right. ev- everything else will eventually become a Tyranid as well. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Jeez. Yeah. Um, these creatures live in a highly symbiotic fashion, fusing into each other's flesh so that it's often Jeez. impossible to see or to say which one Tyranid creature where one Tyranid creature ends and another begins. Oof. Just again, just showing Sounds pretty horrifying. Man, let's say yeah. he gets hurt. Well, he just needs to meld into another one and just becomes even stronger which just yeah it's very very intuitive good job tyranids um, i think the i think the forerunners have, were onto something in halo where as soon as you see a creature a species like this get onto a planet you just glass the planet yeah just it's better safe than sorry you just just destroy everybody kill everyone no problem you can assimilate biomass. It's not there exactly. anymore. Exactly. <laughs> Got him. Atomize it. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so because that everything that exists within the society is hive mind and also biological, we get some really cool things. So, for example, and, and it, so it goes from like big, massive creatures to things as in like as tiny as like their blood where it's called like thinking blood, which literally allows their blood to think for its, well, not for itself, but within the hive mind. So, um, Horrifying. I really hate that. (laughs) Yeah, that, and then like organs themselves can live separately from the creatures that they're inside, meaning that like subsidiary brains, like I said, could serve as like a backup in case the primary brain dies. Um, Or if, um, it contained some specialist knowledge. So, like, let's say, like, this creature had one brain, but it is, like, given another brain or something specifically about a planet or an enemy so that then it just knows everything there, too. I don't I don't know how that works with being a hive mind because I feel like I would already know, but, like, just kind yeah. of the cool things that that can add to a army is pretty cool. So how the heck do you, like, kill something like that? It sounds like you'd have to literally, like, atomize it. If like even I mean, its organs can with like how just cool these guys are. I mean, space marines are pretty cool, and they know what they're doing. Yeah, I guess that's true. They're pretty badass. <laughs> um, I think it's the Blood Angel Regiment is the one that beats the Behemoth fleet, and those mm-hmm. guys are really cool. They have like red armor, and they're just really cool. Um. Anyways, um, then um. Their weapons, like I mentioned, are biological as well. Um, they prefer melee weapons, and they'll have like swords or whatever weapons. Basically, just be like extensions of their bodies. So you'll see Tyranids with like spiked things, like on them, like bone-like mm-hmm. things. That can be used as weapons. They they could even have like bones that like shoot out of them. Um, but they also do have like projectile weapons. They'll have types of guns. Uh, one of my favorite guns that they have is one that literally shoots out like beetles that can eat away at people's armor, get into their like skin, and just start eating them from like the inside. Um, That's like the the scarabs from the mummy, man. Literally. <laughs> Great, I needed that in my mind again. Thank you. <laughs> oh, sorry, Randy. <laughs> um, and then not only that, to add to that, let's say someone goes up and slashes their arm off or something. Yes, let's. Well, they also happen to be toxic to humans, where they expel spores and their they have of course they do like acid within them that can just destroy pretty much any organic material um that also only hurts non tyranids so pretty mm. great now are tyranids edible edible 
Um, I personally have not eaten a Tyranid. Yeah, Me neither. To, welcome to expand your uh, diet. I mean, I, I just wonder because, like, he said that if you chop like one of their arms off or something like that, like that could still affect you. They could still hurt you because of like they have like a poisonous, their blood's poisonous, or like they have like a poisonous kind of aura around them, cloud of gross. But like, can we start taking the fight back to them? They're gonna eat us, but can we eat them back and like have an eat off? What civilization I, can consume each other faster? Uh, sounds like a terrible Tyranid idea. Stink. Tyranid steaks, they might be the new thing. Sounds good. Could be delicious. If I ever have the opportunity, I'll let you know. Excellent. Please let me know. <laughs> I'd uh, love to ha- find this out. And what's... uh? So, so far, we've learned that they're pretty terrible to face. And, yeah. and we'll get into a little bit more of, like, individual, like, troops and stuff that they have. But just kind of get thinking of what kind of situations that they might encounter and kind of what what they would do so for example every like each like armies depending on who they're fighting are able to specialize for what they need um and and their evolution is so quick that they literally are able to do that within the time frame of an attack um so like an individual guy obviously is not going to like if he's like fighting someone isn't evolving but the information right, right. That they're gathering, then the Norn Queen is able to start producing. Mm. Um, so the next time they come back and try and fight us again, they'll be even more prepared. Yeah. Um, and so they'll be able to create monsters that can fly, run, burrow, have really incredible stealth abilities, just whatever they need to, to do to win. Um, Tyranids are not very social creatures. They don't communicate with other races within the galaxy. Um, they can't be reasoned with, appeased. They don't surrender. They just eat. Um, and so to face the Tyranids is simply a matter of survival. You have to kill them or just be consumed. Kill or be killed. Yep. Um, to break down a little bit more hive mind, uh, what it means to be a tyranid hive mind within the swarm, there is no idea of individualism. Each unit is uh, linked to the next in a form of swarm consciousness. There is only one reason for creation of any of the forces involved in a tiered army. It's to implement the will of the swarm. Um, certain tyranids unit um, are considered synapse creatures whose job it is to control the lesser species within the swarm to exert the will of the hive mind they're capable of receiving and sending orders via the hive mind and this connection is uh, vital to the effectiveness of running the tyranid race uh, without it the swarm would collapse in disarray usually synapse creatures are fielded in relatively large numbers to allow rapid advancement um, and just the quickest uh, communication within each other and we'll talk about kind of like which ones are higher up and what what it means to to have like these synapse creatures. I wonder if it was like too much of a mental load for like the like OG hive mind to control everything, so I had to kind of delegate, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd assume it just adds a like an extra layer of protection. Oh, that's true. Could be that as well. Yeah. Um, and so once so again going into like the the world, we have we talked about the warp a little bit. The warp is a kind of like weird dimensional thing that allows people to travel through space quick, more quickly. Um, and like I, uh, we said, the Imperium, it uses people with psychic abilities to be able to, they're called navigators, to be able to navigate through these things. Um, and the elves, I can't remember what they're called, actually. It's the Eldar? Eldar, thank you. Um, are able to travel through it as well. Um, sadly, the Tyranids are not able to travel that way, and which would make the their travel to different planets to throughout the galaxy, throughout the universe, really slow, because that's as far as we know the only way to travel faster than light. But the Tyranids did figure out a way to travel. Um, it's an organism called the uh, Narval. It's basically this scouting ship that is able to harness and uh, targeted systems gravity basically creating a gravity well that propels it and the entire fleet with it 
um, to a destination. While that sounds really cool, it actually causes the planet that they're using to go through horrible natural disasters, causing earthquakes, eruptions of volcanoes, Yikes. thunderstorms, tsunamis, whatever, because it's messing with the, the, the gravity in the area or whatever. Yeah, that yeah. sounds like I don't, think, I don't think it actually makes effect. sense scientifically, but it... <laughs> really? You think? <laughs> um, so again, they did find a way to tra uh, travel much much more quickly, which again huh. makes them terrifying that they're able to... Yeah subdue the the warp that's um, pretty insane though that they were able to like devise faster than light travel just through biological means exactly it's crazy Seriously. um all right now is the time let's let's look at their their calendar their calendar <laughs> what they got on it man they got yeah. some mm -hmm. dentist appointments some birthdays yeah so, my schedule is packed sorry i cannot oh, conquer we're calling this the planetary assimilation Oh. Uh, and they have it broken down to a T, right? So let's say day zero of an invasion. What they're going to do first is a send out these uh, spores, which are basically these giant like drop pods filled with Tyranids. Um, and that's going to be mostly carrying a specific types of Tyranids that I'll talk about a little bit later, but they're called, oh, I'll talk about one of them. They're called lictors. Um, basically, it's an infiltration force led by, we mentioned, synapse creatures of some kind. Um, and then almost immediately, reproduction of Tyranid creatures are going to begin as they're starting their initial um, infiltration, collecting information about what their enemies like. By day nine, Tyranids will have expanded around 200 kilometers from the drop point and will likely present a significant threat to planetary defense and um, the Imperium, if they're there. By day 13, we'll have expanded uh, to over 700 kilometers, and they're going to be getting uh, to infest the local water sources, making it even harder for people to live there. Just like poisoning it? Or... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, poisoning it. Uh -huh. Neat. Um, day 37, they'll expand out 2,000 kilometers, and um, just, again, start infesting even more. Um, yeah, it seems day... like they're exponentially like, expanding. Oh, it's because they're gaining in numbers, and they're just becoming more and more adept to what their conditions are on that planet. Um, by day 48, their population is going to skyrocket so fast to where every 2.5 days, they're doubling their population. Um, Jeez, man, they're like rabbits. Yeah, it's it's mm. ridiculous um, how they're able to do that, and 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 they don't have like a life cycle like we do as as a, a similar life cycle to us, to where like they would have to like raise children. It's within a matter of days that they're matured. And do they have like a max lifespan? If like, can they die of old age, or just deteriorate? Quickly? Yeah, or... I would assume they would do more of like a deterioration instead of like a like a, like a how we would age. Sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, by day fifty, the main fleet will arrive, um, and within that, they're gonna have around one point five billion creatures on there initially, because they'll have been also reproducing, getting ready. Um, one of their abilities, it's called um, uh, Shadow in the Warp is an ability like a psychic ability that they have and basically once their whole hive fleet arrives um this psychic ability is going to make it almost impossible for um other psychics to use their abilities any kind of um it's so like abilities to use like the warp to escape right incoming stuff it's just going to completely nullify pretty much all other psychic ability because hmm. uh correct me if i'm wrong but i've feel like like one of the ways that at least humanity uses the warp and i think a lot of like psychics is that they're able to like communicate through it and send messages yes. over mm -hmm. extremely long distances so this yeah. is like essentially like cutting off the planet from the rest of the galaxy you know just like totally isolating right. um and not, and not only that kind of like a side note to this ability um so within the warp 
we mentioned like the demons and stuff, the more and more the warp is used, more and more the psychic ability is used, um, it causes potential chaos to escape, causing demons and stuff to run amok. What's cool about the Tyranids is they actually kind of nullify that too, which is, you know, for them, whether or not they care. Um, but it's it's just kind of cool that it completely seals off like the warp. Um, once we get to day 51, uh, primary consumption of bionic mass begins. Um, resistance is usually eliminated by day 51. They're, they're able to completely take over an entire world, basically. That's so insane. Jesus. Um, That's crazy. That? Yeah. That's like and, four, five, six weeks? Yeah, yeah right? And the planet's like totally just decimated at this point? Completely destroyed. And so they'll no longer send out their military troops. They'll start sending out different swarms that their entire purpose is to be the ones that consume this organic material. Um, they deposit it in these reclamation pools that are then cycled through and sent back to, or part, some of it's sent back to, you know, the main fleet and it's just all, everything is used. Mm. Um, by day 80, hive ships uh, descend into the upper atmosphere to begin collecting um Basically, they're at, like they're even collecting like atmosphere stuff. Like they're literally taking everything. Um, they Oof. cause oceans to boil away. Uh, they cause just volcanoes to start. I mean, it literally is like de-evolving planets. Seriously. Um, well, I wonder why they take like the atmosphere though. That seems like kind of weird to me. I would have thought they would have like evolved beyond breathing or like eating. Maybe they're terraforming the planet, not necessarily to be hospitable to them, but at least to be inhospitable to the species that originally yeah. lived there. Oh. So it's like, yeah, oh, they don't care if they can live on the planet because they don't, they're not planning on sticking around, but they just don't want anyone else coming along and setting up shop. Mm -hmm. yeah. Kind of like a scorched earth policy. I exactly. Got and then by day 80, they're normally gone. Uh, in search to, to just continue on. Um, and then it throws in there by day 100 so it takes 20 more days even for any kind of response force to get there to counteract it mm. um, you know after it's already way too late yeah yeah. after the planet is basically useless they just arrive and are like well we're here uh. <laughs> oh darn <laughs> so now we're going to get into a little bit of like individual species within the tyranid race excellent um, so the big the the big mama the Norn Queen are just gargantuan organisms. I mean, and when I say big, if they're able to create literal titans, they're they're pretty big. Like um, skyscraper size, do you think? Or probably probably yeah. Maybe um, bigger. I don't know. They basically are just massive, like a mix between like a a womb and like a computer, basically, but. Obviously, what a weird combination. Yeah, <laughs> they they give birth to every no uh, every tyranid. They oh. biologically or biochemically and genetically manipulate biomass in basically infinite ways to create new organisms to serve any function that the the, the hive mind requires. Norn queens are housed in huge rooms aboard hive ships. Each room has is hundreds of meters meters tall um, to fill just one Norn queen. So the reason why I'm saying like she's basically a computer is because she mm. herself is gathering all the information that is being collected to then birth and create and genetically modify every single thing that's coming out of her. Do you know if it actually looks like like maybe like a dragon or a dinosaur type thing, or is it literally just like a meat uh, printer? She's 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 gross. Um, if you ever look up pictures of her, well, doing it right now. Right, same. Um. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't I personally wouldn't recommend. But what what do I know? What um, do you know? Uh, yeah, very the, goopy, very mm. goopy. Um, so the uh, like I mentioned that she can make titans. They're called bio titans. They're just enormous organ organisms evolved as a response to races that they have come across that are also basically titans and super. Like or like really massive like war machines and stuff that the Imperium might have. Um, they are so far the largest land-based Tyranid creature that people have encountered. They can wow. uh, range from nine to thirty 
meters tall, which again a huge what huge a range. Difference. But um, apparently, the the biggest of them can single handedly take out like an entire squad of space marines, which are very highly trained people. That um, kind of goes to show how awesome those space marines are, though that they can take on just a squad of them can take on a creature that big, right? Um, and then we're going to get into some some hive uh, hive tyrants is what they're called. They are large, nice. enormously strong tyranids who act as leaders of the swarm and are um, a synaptic conduit for smaller creatures. They are very psychic, highly mutate, um, mutable, and have a closer connection to the hive mind than most other types and species of tyranids. They are skilled at both close combat and ranged combat and... Um, are more so than other organ- uh, types of tyranids. So they're basically kind of like a like a commander, I guess. Exactly. Yep. Mm. Um, and they occasionally will have wings. Normally, not so much. Um, a techno magi. They are a type of human, I suppose, that are like mostly machine. Um, and comfortable. That kind of type of human. I believe that hive tyrants are. Um, the repository of a hive fleet's collective consciousness, which means they completely embody the hive mind, yet their destruction wouldn't in any way d- uh, diminish the presence of the hive mind. Dang it. Almost yeah. thought we had one up on them. Or like <laughs> Almost. A path to victory, but nope. Nope. <laughs> Cannot win even a single one. <laughs> um, and then we get the Gaunts. The Gaunts are a basic staple combat unit of a tyranid swarm they are smaller and less physically powerful than other tyranid organisms but they are extraordinarily adaptable and always attack in large numbers these are basically like the the grunts it's like Um, the base swarm i guess yeah and and these are the Mm. ones that are gonna kind of vary the most in my opinion because they're in they're the ones that are like they could have extra wings they could have venom or adrenaline sacks they could have bizarre biochemical wep- uh, weapons that are specific for the environment that they're in um this includes things like the the, the like beetle gun that mm. i mentioned there's also one that like shoots out these little like bio bio balls that as soon as yeah. they have the target basically these tentacles just immediately grow and act as like a restraining slash choking thing kind of kinky actually Okay. <laughs> I mean, I wonder if like the uh the like hive mind is basically like kind of doing some like general testing to see what's most effective. So it's just like, you know, just throw it at the wall, see what sticks and whatever sticks will make more of that. Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense actually. And which what's scary is they have time to do that because they just send yeah. one little fleet of theirs and they're like, "All right, let's just see." Yikes. Uh, and then we get the uh, Tyranid Warriors. They are a sim- uh, synaptic foot troops, a different kind of like ground troops as the Gaunts. Um, they are in between the size of a Hive Tyrant, which are really large, and a Gaunt, which are smaller. They serve as a psychic uh, resonators and assist in guiding lesser Tyranids. So they're kind of like the, if you have like the commanders, which are the the, the Tyrants, then the Warriors would kind of be like the like a squad a leader or something. Squad leader, yeah. Um, squad leader standing by. They are <laughs> fast, powerful, uh, capacity to be a strong ranged or close combat, um, in similar fashion to a hive tyrant. So they're just kind of like the just yeah, a little bit less cool than a tyrant, but cooler than just like the gaunt. Um, my favorite is the lictors, which I mentioned a little bit earlier. Are lictors gross? <laughs> Uh, large deadly organisms bred for stealth uh, their stealth they are basically like a chameleon in nature allowing them to blend in with their surroundings hunt and then later kill as prey lictors are usually only seen when the tyranids are springing a deadly ambush on an unsuspecting army unleashing a bioengineered killing machine within their own ranks they range uh range ahead of the swarms performing commando raids of sorts uh, gathering information and devouring their victims' brains, um, which again how they gather information as well. Um, the lictors possess stealth and cunning on an unprecedented scale to a point where they can uh, best some of like 
the best fighter, like best like uh, gorilla mm-hmm. fighters that the um. It's crazy. Um, let's see. The next is the gargoyles, which I'm assuming we can all guess what those do. Are essentially stones. <laughs> They're like the 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 wing variants of the gaunts. Um, so if the gaunts are just like the ground troops, gargoyles are going to be like the flying troops. Um, oh. so again, they're smaller, less physically powerful than other ones. Um, they retain most physical traits of gaunts, except for their loyal uh, lower legs are basically little stumps. They they just Rip. die. Um, so, so do you think um, that's like the basically only distinction is gargoyles can fly while gaunts are even some gaunts can fly i but i think so i don't know if there's like confusing there there must be a different another difference but i'm not sure what they are um rippers are awesome rippers are small snake-like organisms designed to devour biomatter so that new dna and nutrients can be absorbed by the hive ships um they're obviously held back until like i mentioned the the raiding and killing stops when they've conquered the planet. They just release the rippers. They're so like a bunch they of just, worms. Yeah, they're just composting everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Carnifexes are really cool. They are originally known as screamer killers. They're massive, hulking, living, battering rams. If you look up pictures of these guys, they are sick. They're armed with a vi- variety of biochemical symbiotic weaponry. Um, Stronger than hive tyrants, they're used for assaulting fortified positions and armor fortification uh, formations. Um, they are basically like tanks, if you think about it. Um, nice. Yeah, I could see that. Like you said, they're like basically made so that they can infiltrate and break through the like outer fortifications mm-hmm. of advanced races, so that the uh, kind of swarm can get inside. Mm-hmm. And then last that I'm going to talk about, I mean, obviously there's way more, are uh, biovores. They're these sluggish um, creatures that basically grow spore mines. If you think about it, it's if you think about like a, like a, just like a brain with tentacles coming out of it that float around, that's what they oh, do. Oh, yeah. These spore mines basically are released from their, their bodies and kind of float around. And any tyranids don't trigger it, but as soon as a non-tyranid person thing goes around it it releases all these toxins and blows up and it's it's great do you know how big like these spore mines are like could you try and avoid them or they like literally like so tiny that it's just hopeless they're not really tiny they're not tiny i assume you'd be able to see them um just from like pictures and stuff that i've seen they like like I said, they, to me they look like the size of like a brain with tentacles. But I'm not sure if they're like stealthy at all. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Again, every single thing is thinking for itself. Right. So it it's able to move around. It's able. It could, so it definitely could hide itself. But it does float around. It doesn't like go on the ground or anything. Thinking for itself, but using the knowledge of all of the other ones to help it. Exactly. Cool. So. Yeah, I mean, we're I'm we're kind of wrapping up a little bit, but Warhammer is incredibly, incredibly large as far as uh, lore goes. Yes. And <laughs> I, I, I don't want to go like too deep into anything because, as big of a hobby as it is, um, I didn't want to hurt Randy's brain. My brain is on fire right now. <laughs> I, I think mine's hurting a little bit. <laughs> I'm so like but I totally recommend um there's plenty of YouTubers and or um podcasters out there that do it you know go into way more detail explaining this I absolutely love the Warhammer universe I'm decently new to learning about it mhm and I just I'm excited I I apologize to anyone who I might have offended if I got anything wrong <laughs> Um, I am offended. I am. I am sure I did, but I find these things absolutely fascinating. I think that's cool, too. Um, going back to like the flood and Halo, seeing that these are very, very similar ideas, but how different yeah. they are still able to be made. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I really like Warhammer lore as well. It's just like it's so deep. It's almost like a little bit overwhelming. 
you know, oh, it's definitely the least. overwhelmed every single time I think about Warhammer. But uh, I I don't know. Like I think Tyranids are definitely like I talked a little bit a while ago about like worst case kind of like invasion scenarios. This is definitely up there. Oh yeah, it might honestly be the worst. <laughs> I I would uh, yeah. Um, it's definitely among among the worst. Yeah, these guys are like just so horrifying. It's just like if you lose to them, you're just gonna be mulched down into like essentially tyranid goop it's because literally it's all held in pools i don't know if i didn't talk too much about that but basically there yeah all the material is just put in these pools to then be later used so i mean it's you're literally like a a turned into goo yeah it's 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 kind of gross yeah these guys seem pretty freaking disgusting well yeah we really thank you guys for listening um we're glad to be back we're gonna get back on our normal schedule we are i'm just I, kidding i, I mean <laughs> ho- hopefully <laughs> very excited about it um please yeah. give us a thumbs up give us five stars five stars if you're able to do that or write us a good review we always check us out on twitter well. yes uh twitter might be in the process of a mid meltdown right now so oh yeah you know, i yeah we'll see how it goes yeah. but uh once again just like like brad said thank you so much for listening and if you can do us a huge favor share this with a friend maybe you have somebody who's looking to get into warhammer a little bit or just likes tyranids or like the universe as well and uh recommend us or them that podcast For sure. See ya.